If you were asked to manage someone or maybe a group of people, but have not been given the authority to do so, what would you do? By the end of this episode, you'll know at least six things you can take action on. This is Coaching for Leaders, episode number 94. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Greetings to you from Orange County, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host, Dave Stahoviak. This is a weekly coaching show to help people be better leaders through improved communications, human relations, and personal productivity. And this week's topic is one about authority or not having the right authority. And uh, actually, this is something that I think probably all of us have run into at one point or another, either on the receiving end or possibly on the (laughs) giving or not giving end. And uh, truth be told, I was planning a different topic this week, but one of the things that I am doing pretty much on a weekly, actually, it's really at a daily basis now, is uh, fielding email from our community and uh, talking with people on the website, coachingforleaders.com, and just you know answering questions about leadership and communication. And an email came in in the last week or so about having the right authority to lead someone. And I was uh, about to start writing back the email, and I was uh, maybe going to record a little something to uh, our community member. And I got to thinking, I said, you know, this is actually a really important question for people who are facing this, and so uh, would be a good topic for the show. So uh, just a reminder, if you are running into things that you think would be helpful for others too, be sure to email that to me because I uh, always am happy to respond in some way, but of course, uh, it could be a great show topic as well. So I wanted to tackle that today. Let me give you a little background on how this topic came up. Uh, Received a email from one of our community members, as I mentioned, uh, who said, you know, I'm in this interesting situation right now. And the situation is that I am a, uh, this person's fairly senior in their job. They're not formally a manager, but they're in a pretty senior uh, technical position. And they've been asked to oversee the work of someone that's more junior to them, uh, quite a bit junior, actually, and who's very new to the organization and doesn't have a lot of the skill and experience and wisdom that, uh, that this other person's developed over the years. And uh, But the interesting situation he's been put in is his, uh, his manager has told him that he's responsible for this person's work. However... They have not told the more junior person that uh, the, the the person who's emailing me uh, is uh, is responsible for their work and has the authority over them. So he said, I'm in this interesting situation where I'm responsible for this person's work, but I can't really, you know, I don't really have the authority to tell them what to do because they don't know that. And so this begs the question, well, how do you manage someone when you don't have formal authority or they don't know that you have formal authority to manage them. And the simple answer to that is you don't. (laughs) That's just not something you can do and it's not a situation that you want to be in. So there you go. That's the end of the episode. No, I'm kidding. That's not the end of the episode. It's not a good place to be and you don't want to be there. And you certainly, if you are in that situation, you don't want to be there very long. But of course, what you want to figure out is, okay, how do I get out of that situation? That's really what this episode is about today. And so while I'm going to be addressing this from the perspective of the person who's being managed, one of the things I think it's good for all of us to think about is because of, after all, this is a show for leaders. And are you putting anyone in this situation right now? 
And if you are, what can you do that would make the situation easier for someone to handle so you don't end up uh, putting people in situations like this that become very, very uncomfortable for them? So let's say you do find yourself in the situation, though, and uh, you are being asked to be responsible for someone's work or essentially, uh, quote unquote, manage. And I put that in quotes, of course, because you can't really manage without authority. But let's say you're being asked to do that what would you do? So the first thing that I would suggest is that you really do, of course, need to have the authority to manage. So you really want to see if you can get some some clarity on the situation and try to figure out what's possibly going on here. And when I have seen this happen with uh, clients in the past, with uh, colleagues, there's a few situations I find that are pretty typical, and one of them is, one of them that always comes up in these situations, almost always, is poor communication. And I say that because oftentimes it was not the intention of the person who's caused the situation, the higher level manager uh, or the manager in this case, to uh, give someone this responsibility but not to give them the authority. Um Sometimes that's an oversight. In fact, often I found that that's an oversight, that the intention was there, but it was never clearly communicated. Uh, there's another, a couple other reasons those can happen, and certainly one of them is organizational politics. So uh, because of, and there's this gets can get very complicated depending on the organization and the group, but there can be a whole bunch of reasons why someone wants to say one thing to one person, but not to another person. And culture and politics become very, very powerful in organizations and often will cloud people's good judgment or will prevent people from having the direct communication that they may otherwise have in any other situation. And we've talked a lot about politics on this show before, and we certainly will again, but that's something that certainly can be a likely contributor to the scenario. A third area that can be and often is a big contributor to this is a discomfort area for the manager. And I say that because um, I have certainly seen patterns, uh, not only in colleagues, but people I've worked for over the years, when uh, authority isn't given or resources aren't given, or sometimes, oftentimes, that's a discomfort area for the leader. Let me give you an example. Um, I have uh, someone I've worked with over the years on a few projects, and uh, she's a great person to work with. Uh, However, uh, she is not very clear upfront on things like compensation and uh, and what people are going to get compensated for for different parts of projects and and resources. And I've been on the receiving end of that, but I've also seen uh, situations where that's happened to other people. And so, um, but but other than that, the person's great to work with. And so, unfortunately, that's a real discomfort area for her, just talking about money and compensation. And so, as I've learned that over you know working a few projects. Uh, one of the things that I've learned is that I need to be really clear with her upfront on that and make sure that we talk about that and that gets in writing. And when it is, it's not an issue. Um, but I've recognized now that that's a discomfort area for that person. And so whatever I can do to help make that a little easier for them on the front end, but also I want to protect myself in those situations to make sure that everything's really clear and upfront. So uh, that often is a contributing factor to these situations. This is something's uncomfortable for the leader. Um, it's something that's just, they're just not easily able to handle that can really play into these situations a lot. And then of course it it could be you, (laughs) you know, I mean, that's something we always have to look at ourselves in these situations too, is, you know, is there something that we didn't hear 
maybe we did, maybe that authority was given and we just didn't hear it or we didn't understand it clearly. Um, and then the other thing, of course, to ask is, do we really need authority in this area? I mean, maybe we're misinterpreting what the manager, the person who's leading us had asked us to do. And so that's something we always need to look at ourselves as well and see if there's something maybe we're doing that's contributing to this situation too. And see if you can determine what that likely scenario is. Is it, is it you? Is it a discomfort area for the leader? Is it poor communication? Is it politics? Because that also helps you to decide um, not only what you may do in this situation, but also, uh, and I think this is really good to think through, is how do I prevent something like this happening in the future? And a lot of times when we run into situations with managers or people working with projects on, it's not going to be a one-time thing. It is something that if this happened in this situation, chances are it's going to happen again in a different situation. So if we can notice those patterns and then work to prevent them with people, like I was mentioning with that compensation situation, that can be really helpful not only to us, but to that other party too. So then the second thing we want to do is... Do some watching and recording of what happens. And I'm thinking about this person in particular that had sent in the email uh, who doesn't, who's not been given the right authority to manage and coach and to be able to correct the person that they're leading that doesn't have as much experience as they do. Um, it, one of the things I'd suggest for him and I'd suggest for anyone in this situation is just to watch and record what's happening. So to now, depending on the situation, you may not always have a lot of time and resources to do this. But to the extent that you can, and you're not putting yourself or the organization in any jeopardy, is to see what happens as a result of that. And um, for example, I know one of the things that ha is happening with this person who's emailed me is that um, the more junior person is making mistakes and is causing issues with the project that they're working on. And as a result, what's happening in practice is the more senior person, this guy, is having to go back, fix mistakes. It's costing more time. It's costing more resources. And so as this has been going on for some time, uh, he's watched and kind of recorded what's happened and has also is, can anticipate now what's going to happen down the road. So based on how many times this has happened, what's going on, uh, what types of conversations and situations he's having to jump in and correct on the back end, he's getting a feel for what the problems are, what the cost implications are for the organization, and what the quality implications are for the organization too. Now, notice I didn't say do anything about that yet. The first thing is just watching and recording what's happening and seeing what is the result of authority not being given. Now, I say that that does vary with each situation because for those of you who work in situations that there might be uh, you know, uh, public safety issues on the line or, there's, um, or you work in an organization where you know, what people do on a minute-by-minute -minute basis may really be uh, safety concerns, may really uh, impact the organization's ability to be effective. That's different. You may not have the time to spend a day or a week or whatever uh, watching and recording what's happening as a result of this decision. You may need to handle it faster. But to the extent you do have a little flexibility to do that, uh, that's helpful because it gives you a better feel for what you're dealing with and what's happening. What's the fallout basically from not being able to have the authority? So what you what we want to do next then is the third step here, which is uh, to connect what you've seen the uh, and and the evidence and the data you've collected to the bottom line or the organizational mission statement. And I say that it I say this both to the bottom line and the organizational mission statement because you know every manager is a little bit different. Um, everyone has an area that's really important to them. And if you've worked with your manager for any length of time, 
I think you'll find that, uh, generally speaking, they uh, hopefully have a commitment to both of these areas, but off, more often than not, will at least show a, a ten, you know attention and commitment to at least one of these areas. Uh, the bottom line, you know, numbers. So, what's the cost implications, quality implications, schedule implications, and then of course the other piece of it, which is the organizational mission, is what is being done or not being done directly connected to how the organization is being successful. So let me give you an example. There's almost always a cost factor in these situations. And with our community member who's handling the situation right now, every time that junior person makes a mistake, uh, he has to, first of all, he's having to go through and review all his work and watch it very, very carefully, which he normally may not have to do as much. So he's having to go through and to do that right now. And because he can't give feedback and can't give corrective coaching as much as he could otherwise uh, if he was in a had more formal authority he's really having to go and watch things a lot more closely well that's fine but it's taking time away from the work he's supposed to be doing and it's 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 contributing to him being a lot less efficient and i happen to know that in his organization uh, cost is a huge issue right now how much time and energy people are spending on things is hugely important to their organization and hugely important to their customers and so that's directly impacting the bottom line results of his organization, his ability to be able to have this authority. So the, that's, that's important because when he makes a request to do something differently, he wants to be able to cite that and point that out to his manager because that connects with the importance of why it is something needs to change. And, you know, Everyone's different in a, in a management role. Um, so I'm just going to make a broad generalization here. And this is true in corporate America um, and other cultures around the world in different places. This may not be as true. But certainly in corporate America, as a broad generalization, uh, many people who are in leadership roles and in management positions will often think of the organizational bottom line issues First, and they're very concerned about those. So that's the things like cost, time, and quality. All of those impact uh, the organization's bottom line. And bottom line results are really important. And so people tend to be, you know, either task oriented and looking at those things and kind of numbers people, or they tend to be more people oriented. And there are certainly a lot of leaders out there who are very people oriented too. Um, the trend, though, is the higher you get in organizations, the tends they tend to again tend to because there's always exceptions, but they tend to be a little more weighted towards seeing more leaders who are focused on kind of that bottom line task orientation, uh, results, numbers, and so it's really important to be able to talk to those uh, to those numbers when you're making a request to do something differently. Now, I don't mean to imply at all that people who have a orientation toward time, cost, quality, the data that they don't care about people. They do. It's just that you also better come with a case on the uh, the numbers in order to back up the uh, the the things you're asking for. So there's always almost always that cost factor we need to be able to address it because we need to be able to cite that if we're going to be asking to do something differently. Um, the other thing though of course is the organization's mission. What is the organization there to do? And what does you not having authority in the situation do that's keeping you from being able to do what the organization wants you to do. Uh, example of this for me is I used to work for an organization that served kids and helped kids to learn math and reading skills. And it was a great organization to work with. 
And the mission of the organization of really benefiting children was strong and ingrained in every single thing we did. And so anytime anyone wanted to make a change or advocate for a change, uh, you know, certainly cost things were considered and certainly uh, bottom line results were looked at heavily. Um, but also the results to the children were looked at very, very strongly and rightfully so. And if someone was making a case, even if there wasn't a cost implication or there wasn't a sales implication to it, if it had, if it was a request or a suggestion that was going to directly help kids to get better results in, in our organization and the work we were doing, that's something that often got a lot of traction or at least got talked about a lot, even if it didn't get moved on. And so that's the other thing to think of is the organizational mission. So we want to speak to both sides when we're talking to the people who manage us is both that task orientation, the numbers piece, but also the people orientation, the organizational mission, hopefully. And, and you know, we all wish to work for people who are concerned about both. Many of us work for people who kind of weigh one side or the other. And particularly if you're not sure which side your manager comes down on, uh, you know, it's always best to think first about what are the numbers, the cost implications, because if you can make that case, a lot of times that's going to speak toward action. Now, step four is actually making the request. What is it you want to have done differently? So uh, in this person's situation who emailed us, what exactly is the problem that, you know, what's the problem and what are you trying to solve? What is it that you actually need? So is it that you want to uh, manage this person formally? Is it that you're just going to be managing them this on this particular project? And then you also want to have a plan of action. So what do you plan to do once you get that authority from this, uh, you know, from the manager? Do you have a timeline for what you're going to do as far as helping develop and coaching this person? What are the first steps that you would take? One of the things that we want to do in these situations is to have to show evidence that we have some sort of plan. And then the other thing too is be prepared to get something different than you asked for. Um, there have been times I've gone to situations of someone in authority and made a request for some more authority or some more resources, and I've ended up getting something different than I was anticipating, but it solved the problem. So that's one question to ask yourself is that if you do get a response that's a little different than what you're uh, than what you're asking for, it does it solve the problem? And if it solves the problem, be willing to try it out. We all need to be flexible in situations. And sometimes we don't get exactly what we're asking for, but it'll help resolve the situation. Uh, and if we can do that, that's really helpful. You know, I'm I'm always amazed at how often people don't make the formal request. So they'll kind of go through the rest of these steps. They'll they'll uh, kind of think through what's going on with the scenario. They'll watch. They'll record it. They'll uh, you know, talk, look at the bottom line. They'll think about what they can do in the next few steps when they, you know, you know, if they feel like they're not going to get an answer to the request, but they don't actually go and make the request. And so this is something that's really important to be able to do and try not to do it over email. Uh, do it in person if you can, or at the very least over the phone and make the business case for it. Again, connect it to the bottom line. Um, because here's, here's the thing is, that a lot of times as managers, we confuse the business results with sometimes looking at things as personality conflicts. Let me give you an example of that. Um, I've, I've seen situations happen many times where someone will, who's dealing with a situation like this will come into a manager's office or sit down and they'll say, you know what? Um, I really, you know, I don't, I'm not getting the authority I need with this person. This person's causing this problem and this problem. And, 
and you know, I just, you know, I, I, you're, you haven't given me the authority. Um, I don't know what, you know, I, I, I can't talk to them. I'm, I can't uh, give them coaching. They're not being responsive. And it's phrased in such a way that the manager hears that and they say, you know what, this sounds like a personality conflict. You guys need to work it out. I've heard people say that many times and I've heard, I know of people who've had that said to them many times. You need to work out it's a personality conflict. Well, it sounds like a personality conflict if you phrase it that way, but it doesn't, it's not a personality conflict, in, at least not in this situation. It's a business issue. So don't come into a manager's office and phrase it as a personality conflict and, you know, I'm not getting along or I can't communicate with this person. Uh, phrase it as a business issue. If you make the case that here's the cost that the organization is getting uh, or is taking on because I can't give feedback. If you phrase it as here's the quality issues that we're having and the, the mistakes that have been made in the last week because I don't have the authority to do this, uh, if you f- use that language and that words and you back it up with evidence, then it's not a personality issue. Then it's a business issue and it becomes a business decision. And that for many, many managers is an easier decision than the people stuff. And you know, one of the reasons I do this show is because people stuff is really hard for a lot of, a lot of us, <laughs> all of us. People aren't simple. There's a lot of gray zones. The more you can frame something in making it a business decision and speaking to time, cost, quality implications, the easier you make it as 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 a decision point for the person who's managing you, and you make it a little less uncomfortable for them. So make it clear. Make it clear what you need and the business result from it. And or at least the business result you anticipate from that. And I'm saying business, but I mean all organizations too. So if you work for a nonprofit, you're still you're still dealing with cost, quality, time issues, uh, probably even more so than you are in the business world. So because those the resources are even more limited. So make that case. And if you make that case and you make that in your request, um, then you've made a much stronger case than if you're just talking about, oh, I can't talk to so-and-so and I can't communicate effectively. That's that's a weak case. And I've seen managers turn that down, rightfully so. If you can't make that case and that evidence, then probably you're not the person to be having that authority anyway. So, uh, so then, okay, you made the request and they say no. <laughs> what do you do? Well, um, in this situation, you can't have responsibility for the work someone else is doing without the authority to give them coaching and feedback. I I just think that's a really unfair place for anyone to ask you to be. And if you've actually, if you've been asked to do that and you can't coach someone, you can't tell, you you can't give them feedback, um, but you are being held responsible for their work, then that's a really uncomfortable spot to be. And you may choose to be, you know, to ask to be removed from having that responsibility and say, you know, it's just not something I'm comfortable with from an ethical standpoint. Um, You know, and there's many organizations where there's big ethical implications. A lot of the clients I work with, you know, technical folks, there's a lot of ethical implications to not having that kind of authority, that ability to give feedback. And if you find yourself in that situation and you're not able to do that, ask to be removed. You know, if that's really a, a huge obstacle and an issue, um, of course, the better result is getting the authority to be able to do the things you need to do. But if you can't get it, then ask to be removed from that project or that situation. And if you can't, or that's not possible to do, and you're not comfortable with that, you know, there's always that option. And, you know, this isn't an easy option to do. So don't 
for a minute, don't think I'm trying to make this sound easy, but, you know, find a new position or, you know, in an extreme situation, find a new employer. If you're being asked to do things where you're not given the authority to actually give coaching, to give action, to manage people, um, if you can't have that authority uh, for whatever reason and you've done your best to get it, then maybe that's the time to think, you know, what, you know, how can I do this in, more effectively in another organization or another part of the organization or maybe with a different manager? And that's a hard place to be. So that's something where you have to think through, you know, is, is this, that's where we go back to question one is, do you really need authority in this area? And if you do, then those are some tough questions that you ultimately need to come to if you can't get it. Um, and maybe you don't need authority though. So those are the things to think through. If you'd walk through those six things, and particularly if you're clear on making the request and tying it to the business needs, I think you'll find more often than not, this situation gets resolved. I can't think of a time that I've uh, either utilized this myself or I've, a client has utilized this process and there hasn't been a, a result that's come out that has been mostly agreeable to all parties. Maybe it wasn't exactly what everyone wanted, but it was better than the current situation was and it helped the organization to do work more effectively and it got people moving in the direction they needed to go. So here's the quick check-in for you. Are you putting anyone in this situation right now? Have you been tasked anyone with the, you know, the responsibility for a project but not given them the authority to be able to manage people, to give feedback, to give coaching, and maybe you've given them the authority, but you haven't actually given them the resources to do that. And that's actually a whole nother episode. I was going to try and touch on this in this episode. I was like, man, that's a whole nother topic. And that's actually the more common thing that happens is people are given the authority, but they aren't given the resources that they need. Now, that's not as much of a dire situation as this is where you need to get out of that situation. That's just business reality. For most of us, we never get the resources we really truly want and need entirely, but we do need to get some resources. That's another check-in for us as leaders is, are we giving people the right authority and are we giving them the resources to do the work that we've asked them to do? So you'll find all six of these points on the show notes, and that's at coachingforleaders.com slash 94. So if you go to there, coachingforleaders.com slash 94, that'll get you to the show notes. I always love to hear your comments, questions, and feedback. It's a—it's one of the best parts of my week to get a, a call or an email from folks and, uh, and hear that you're listening to the show, that the show's been helpful to you. And also, I love hearing feedback from folks when they write in. And I'm always very grateful, actually, when people write in and say, hey, you know, this didn't make sense, or I don't agree with you on this. And, uh, and you know, it's great to have some dialogue on that as well, too. And feel free to put that up on the website. That's the best way to join the conversation and to give feedback uh, and to talk further about the topics we've mentioned on the show. So you can always get that again on the bottom of the show notes. You can put your comments up there as well, coachingforleaders.com slash 94. You can call in to me directly with feedback as well, 94938learn. And you can also email me at feedback at coachingforleaders.com. Hey, this week, I want to thank Gary Takis, Brian Isaacson, Wendy Isaacson, Jeremy Geigel and John Bieber for following me this week on either Twitter, Facebook, or Google Plus, one of the social media outlets. Hey, if you'd like to stay connected with me as well during the week, I would love to stay connected with you. Just go to coachingforleaders.com and at the uh, front page there, you'll see the social media icons. You can connect there. 
Hey, I also want to thank Alex J for your really nice review on iTunes. Uh, Alex, thanks for taking a moment to write a few words about the show. I really appreciate it. If this show's been helpful to you as well, please leave a written review on iTunes. That helps more people find the show, grows our community, uh, helps me to be able to put more time and resources into the show. So if you're able to do that, thank you. And if you've done that in the past, thank you. And if I haven't recognized you, please let me know so I can thank you personally. You can do that at coachingforleaders.com slash iTunes if you're an iTunes user. Hey, if you would like a midweek booster shot, an idea that will help you to communicate better, lead better, be more productive, I send out my email article every week that'll give you ideas on how to do that. Go to coachingforleaders.com slash subscribe and hop on to that weekly update. Have a great week, everybody.